Welcome to We're Listening, the podcast all about Frasier. I'm Will. And I'm Steve. And this week we're looking at Season 6, Episode 1, Good Grief, in which Frasier struggles to come to terms that he's not famous anymore. Uh, I didn't know what to ask you this week, Steve. It's the start (laughs) of a new series. Um, The question, there's a lot of pressure on this one. I'm going to simply go with, what's your opinion on pinatas, and have you experienced with bashing them to smithereens? I actually have never used a, what Fraser says is a, a classic Mexican pinata. Pinata. Um, the way he pronounces it makes me laugh quite a lot, actually. The way he hits it makes me laugh quite a lot as well, actually. Kelsey yeah. Ferrer over the top. We'll get into that later on. Um, no, I've never I've never actually participated in that. I have, I don't, I don't know if they were really around in this country, in the UK, when I was younger. I think it's become mm more of a thing that you now see them in sort of superstores and grocery stores that are then they're now there for a celebration but obviously we're not really connected to mexico in any kind of way are we no rituals or no holidays or anything like that so yeah i mean they're probably quite rare over here have you been involved in pinata beating <laughs> i have i have dabbled with bashing the yata as they say um i can't remember when this was though um i feel like it was a good a good 10 years ago which feels quite ahead of its time whoever was mm. th- throwing a party 10 years ago with a pinata feels like they're really kind of ahead of a trend there um yeah, yeah not as satisfying as it as it seems so you're blindfolded you're spun around and you take a swing you know, you could be there for a good thirty minutes before a child makes contact with the pinata. Um, I'm less, I'm less interested in that. I'm more interested in they actually can take quite a pounding before they divulge their secrets within. Um, so I don't know, perhaps a metaphor there. I presume the British version really was pin the tail on the donkey, which was just as frustrating watching kids that are blindfolded trying to even find the wall it was on, <laughs> let alone anything else. Arguably, I, I do prefer that. I do prefer that. There's less likelihood of missing your swing and decapitating a child <laughs> with pin the, pin the tail on the donkey. Um, but yeah, it's a new season. We're excited coming off the back of an amazing live episode. Once again, a huge thank you to everyone who made that what it was. And I hope you've enjoyed listening to it as well. Shall we took ourselves into the first trivia corner of season six? It's quite exciting. Let's get in there. It is indeed. Right, I've got some questions for you from my boy MK. Hammy sends his apologies. It, it was very short notice for him to come up with questions, um, as it was for Corey, so we're very grateful. Um, and also the, the trivia cadre, Bobby Briscoe and Niall Marsh and Little Owl in the Glen have contributed theirs as well. So thank you all for turning these around so quickly. Question one, Stephen. Between the storage room and the store, what are all the things Frasier sends Daphne out to retrieve? 
dear God, I knew this was going to come. Um, this is superb. I, I I actually nearly asked you this question. I nearly asked you a four part question on the, on this. I believe. Is it? Sorry, did you just so just just to clarify quickly, what are the items? That he wants her to get from the store. So and yeah, from storage. Basically, between the storage room and her going to the store, what are the things that he needs that right, he sends her out to get? Number one, music paper. Music paper. Number two is potting soil. Potting soil. Number three is an easel. An easel. A sturdy lemon zester. <laughs> A sturdy lemon zester. Um, is it books from the storage unit? Books for research on the novel he's writing. I'm going to end up missing one. One of them is... I'll be off to get those pens now. (laughs) Felt tip pens. And use those as a clue. Oh, and... Headshots to to sign or something. A box of publicity photos. Absolutely nailed it. That is. I do feel like I cheated a bit because I did write that question for you with a four parts of what does he send Daphne to the store with. Regardless, (laughs) you needed to have the wherewithal to think that could even be a question, and Corey devilishly proved you correct. Uh, Another two parts of you, Steve. We learn of two doctors in this episode that Frasier has replaced or is trying to replace. Who are they? One is Dr. Earl is ripped off the side of the bus or he was under the... Um... Once they're off the air, who yeah. remembers that anyway? Uh, yeah, I can't even remember what it was, but yeah, he was, on, <laughs> he, he was the radio, Dr. Earl. The other one, the only other doctor, I can't think of his name. He's, he does Medical Minute, isn't it? It's what Frazier's taken over from. He does. Oh, I'll give you the first name. It's Tom. Tom. Yeah, I know. It's Tom. I can't you know the first name. It's not Tom Duran. Um... I'm going to say Mitchell, Tom Mitchell. Okay, here's a clue for you. It's a football <laughs> team that I hate. Uh, Leeds. <laughs> Dr. Leeds. There you go. Apologies for any Leeds fans. Um, <laughs> look, you're doing pretty good here, Steve. Question three. From what issue and what publication does Frasier's fan club know who Daphne is? This made- is nice. This is a I good question. We'll confess I made a note on this. I can't think of the year. It's April something. And it's it's Seattle Monthly magazine. You are correct. Can you get the year for a slam dunk? For a Vladdy-esque home run? Right, he he needs to hit some. Um, I would say this episode... Is this episode about 1998? Is it 1998? In 1999. I'm going to say... Possibly the beginning of 98. At the end of 98. He was probably 1995. As Ken Bruce would say, (laughs) one year out. 1996, April, Seattle Monthly. But very good indeed. That's a very good, very good uh, showing for for, uh, Corey's questions. Uh, Trivia from a little Bobby Briscoe. How many scenes do we see Frasier in his customary suit and tie? I believe there is probably five scenes in the entire episode. I could be wrong there. So I'm going to say four. He wears a suit and tie a lot. (laughs) It is two. The very first scene and the very last scene in Nervosa, 
during the fan club party, he has on a suit, but is not wearing a tie. Ooh, That's a nice question from LBB, as they say there. And, uh, oh no, not finally, penultimately from Niall Crane. How many times has Frazier hit the piñata, including the times he's demonstrating whilst moving the bat for the kid? Oh my God, this is fantastic. Well, I've got to say that I'm going to start Episode one of season six, about as bad as I ended up on <laughs> episode all, 24 of season five. With all I'll say is, whatever <laughs> figure you've got in your head for this, add five. Well, that's going to make about 10 then. Because <laughs> I didn't, I, I, I presumed he only hit it five or six times. Are you going to go with 10? Yeah. Tell you what, I'll 11. I'll go one up 11. It's 17. No, I'd never 17. Very, very good there from uh, NC. Sorry, I thought you said Nancy. Uh, <laughs> trivia from Little Owlet in the Glen, our lovely Rachel. In the first scene, Frasier says, before we begin, I just want to say how honoured I am to be taking this slot. Obviously, I have some very big shoes to fill. My predecessor was much beloved. This is something of a meta comment, as Frasier was now taking over the time slot of what popular sitcom, which had recently concluded... The answer is Seinfeld. Yes, it is. This is a custom ready-made <laughs> Steve question. That's an excellent, excellent question, though. And I think a lot of listeners will maybe have known that, but certainly a good handful of them wouldn't have known that. And it is a really nice kind of meta it, it, joke. It's, yeah, it's a beautiful piece of trivia. And I'm really glad someone asked it, because if not, mm. we would probably be discussing it anyway. But now it's been brought up and we can skip straight over it. But yeah, I, I love that question. I love the first scene, actually. So um, yeah, yeah. Brilliant, brilliant. Likewise, Stephen, unleash your cues upon myself. If we'll you would start, please, we'll start what I think is probably the slightly more simple one for you. Uh, Frasier is writing an operetta about the Brownings. Who are they, Will, and what were they famous for? That would be Robert Browning and Elizabeth Barrett Browning, both Victorian poets, and I'm a big fan of both of them. Actually, I thought you'd know that, so I'm glad. I'm glad you asked. One. Thank you very much. And um, I didn't have to Google that one, no. which is good because I don't Google anything because it's been well established. The king of literature. Um, <laughs> question number two. I'll go with hmm. another slightly easy one before my. This is my really good question, but ooh, this ooh, one ooh. is a bit more simple. So Ros and Fraser discuss a job they want at the picnic, but Gil gets it. What station slash job is it? Oh, wow. This is a really good question because this this should be fresh in my mind and it's gone. Of all the things I remember from Gil at the at the, at the buffet, of which there are many things, is his <laughs> Baba Ganoush comment, which I'm going to I'm going to reel off ad libbed in a moment. Maybe you should have avoided this question as a leper should avoid a teacup. <laughs> <right there. laughs> um, oh, God, he's got a job that Frazier and Roz coveted. Think of uh, the style of radio they've just come out of and a number. I'm going to go Talk Radio 99. It's one out. Talk 100 is oh, the answer. Oh, damn it. He says, we, she keeps saying about getting the Talk 100 job and Gil gets off the phone and says, I just got the Talk 100 job. Wow. So I, mean, I can't see Gil getting it over Ros and Fraser, but there we are. Yeah, I was, a, I was surprised that Ros and Fraser were both applying for the same job. Like they come as a package when she's yeah. a producer and he's the talent. A bit mm. strange. And anyway, uh, so my final question this is the one I am excited for because I hope and I think that you'll know the answer to both oh, parts. Oh, God. Of this. What are the five stages Frasier goes through? Oh, that's part one. That's a good question. So I think it's denial. Yes. 
anger. Yes. Bargaining. Yes. <laughs> um depression. Yes. Acceptance. Yes. Yes. Correct on all five. So you're gonna about... you're gonna ask me what scientist this is named after. <laughs> no, I'm not. It's oh, okay. worse than that. When Chandler breaks up with Kathy and friends, what are the five stages he goes through? Ah, <laughs> oh, is this the is this the episode the one with the metaphorical tunnel? I just I watched it recently and it just oh, reminded no. me of the Fraser episode. I think so the they've t- broken I... up and yeah. Chandler is in absolute pieces. He's a mess. They've swapped um, apartments. He's at he's at the girls' apartment. What are the five stages he goes through? Uh, we won't spend too much on this because it is not a friend's podcast. There's one but... where he goes to a strip club with the girls. That um, is drunk at strip club. That is stage two. Drunk at strip club. Um, uh, something about, I don't know, something with an X or... Oh, uh, um, so we got eating food. No, no. <laughs> uh, oh, uh, there's definitely something about sex in there. There is. If you want to know that one, it's no relationship ever, just sex with strippers. That sex is, with strippers. That is step four. Step four. Um, oh, this is a good question. I should know this man. I know friends. You're going to have to tell me this one, Steve. This is excellent. Okay, the five stages are sweatpants. Yes. Getting drunk at a strip club. Yeah. Number three is picture yourself with other people. Yeah. Number four is no relationship ever, just sex with strippers. And number five is the same as Frazier's acceptance. Oh, it's so <laughs> annoying. I can see him in his sweatpants on the chair with the girls yeah. all around him. And the moment he brings them back up and puts them back on over his other clothes because he, got, he wants to go back a stage. So, so good. <laughs> I That's thought you'd excellent... get that. I know you're a Friends fan. So I That's an excellent that <laughs> question. That is amazing. It's been a long time since I've watched the show, actually, but that was phenomenal. Excellent stuff. Uh, let's get into the review, Steve. Animation Watch, please. What has kicked off season six i've kicked off season six with what i now deem unless something in the future is going to beat it this is now my favorite opening whoa big words from a big man tell us the more. radio beacon coming yeah. off the top of the space needle the what s- is better than that on the airwave signals man i mean on a on a kind of thematic idea it's amazing um, plus, this episode is all about radio. Obviously, the show is, but this episode in particular. I mean, the balloons, there's no link. <laughs> the radio signals, there's loads of links. So that that is a nice one, isn't it? It's good. This is your That's number. Fine. This is your one to beat. I literally saw it and went, that is right up there, straight number one. God. So unless there is something coming up, that isn't it. That is My it. number one, I think, is the rain cloud or the monorail. Or the KACL play. No, I love the Christmas tree lights. I love the Christmas tree lights. Um, We're going to get that in maximum what four episodes possibly. Yeah. Well, either way, we've got a good, we've got a good one starting <laughs> season six. Uh, we open with Frasier speaking directly to the camera. This is a really good start to the season. You were alluding to a minute ago earlier that you really like this kind of as a meta joke. Um, would this have been immediately apparent to viewers in in nineteen ninety? You think that he was referring to Seinfeld? I think he moved the the, the show moved from nine thirty or something like that on uh, NBC. I presume it was at the time. It moved from nine thirty to Seinfeld's peak nine o'clock slot, I believe. Mm. So I presume that anyone who thought, "Oh, maybe there's another Seinfeld on," which clearly there wasn't going to be because it ends, and I won't ruin that for anyone who hasn't seen the end of Seinfeld, but it is quite conclusive. And don't worry, they don't all die in some horrible accident or mm. wake up like in Lost and realize they're somewhere else or something. Um. 
I, I presume it's quite an exciting time. I, I think I've actually posted possibly on my Instagram um, reels of when Frasier takes over. You know what I mean? That's sort of NBC. Next week on NBC, Frasier has a new time slot, nine o'clock. Check it out. You know, yeah. that sort of thing. I think they'd already done that. And I think that's why the writers then went, let's make this happen because we can now nod to one of our predecessors being very good. And we can now say we're good enough. We're taking on that time slot because... I think actually probably in season four and five, Frasier's ratings might have actually skyrocketed quite a lot. I think it became mm. a lot more popular around that period because season six, I still consider possibly one of the best seasons. And it is very is, good. I think it's probably at its peak of viewership. So yeah. if that's even a word. Um, no, it is. Yeah. So I think that's probably why they started with that, because I think they did think we've got we've got to take on Seinfeld now. We've got the new place. They've offered this, this, and, and now we need to prove we're as good as Seinfeld, which obviously reigned from what 89 to 1998 1999 mm. almost you know a, a fantastic run so yeah I, I i like the opening i think it's a really really clever and the way it zooms out and then shows that he's actually auditioning when you think oh yeah. hold on, he's got a new job this is strange and you don't know he's on tv to start with he could be in a radio station um and then obviously you've got the the producer that's very just dis- purely dismissive to fraser isn't he yeah we'll we'll call you out you go. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we think we've got a pretty good idea of what you're about. Um, I mean, Frasier in denial here is fantastic. The, oh, oh formalities when other people are going to be interviewed. I mean, the sheer arrogance of that line. He's going to go check out the dressing rooms. Old Slugger Crane. Since when does he like yeah. softball? When is he proficient at it? What's this about? I must admit, from the episode, <laughs> is it the unnatural that we reviewed? Yeah. And I mean, come on, he was awful then and kept having, was he hitting himself in the kidneys on the backswing and all this stuff? Yeah. Suddenly he's nicknamed himself Frasier Slugger Crane. And he wants to sign up for the softball tournament with this TV station. Brilliant. But Get him maybe, in. <laughs> maybe that is the key joke there because he's in that such great denial that he actually thinks yeah. he's a good softball player. He, he thinks he's um, brilliant. The piano piece he's playing in 1901 uh, is actually very, very nice, especially before he starts singing with Martin. Um, <laughs> it's actually quite a lovely piece of music he's writing, but it is, of course, the operetta on the Brownings. Uh, I'm a big fan of the Brownings. I studied them at A-level, though I don't teach them uh, currently to any of my students. Um, yeah, they're, they're a little bit little bit weird, a little bit moody, a little bit dark, gothic, a bit sexy. Um, there's one called Porphyria's Lover, which is a... It's kind of this creepy... This guy who's kind of like killed this woman. He's so, who's so beautiful and he's, he's so in love with. He wants to preserve her forever. Um, and this was, you know, Victorian era. Mm. Um, so some good, some good stuff. But the song is very catchy. We were singing it, weren't we, before we went on air? <laughs> we won't now, though. Um, <laughs> I'm not doing the accent. I'm not doing the accent. Um, I must admit, I actually, when when you've just said that you studied this for A level, it, it reminds me of the fact that I actually studied A level music and I actually studied George and Ira Gershwin, which kind of it just for some reason when you just said, "Oh, I studied at A level," it just suddenly made me think I'm actually kind of connected to the Crane Brothers the other way. I studied the yeah. music, you studied the words for this song, really. Absolutely. Um, I didn't pass that bit. I didn't really get on with it. I actually appreciate George and Ira Gershwin probably more now than I did when I was what 16, 17. I mean, who when you're sixteen or seventeen really cares about the Gershwins? Yeah, I, I couldn't um, get into it. Now I look at it, or I hear things about them, and or I hear their music on the radio or wherever, and I think, oh, I really should have appreciated that back then, because actually now I start thinking about things that they did, and uh, mm. I think is it the episode author author, um, yeah. when the boys get stuck in the um, 
hotel room. They said they were going to lock themselves in the hotel room. Well, George and Ira Gershwin used to do that until they'd finished. If they if they couldn't write something, they tucked themselves away, locked the door, and they wouldn't leave that hotel room until they'd finished writing an opera or whatever they were writing. And yeah, I mean that just goes back to Fraser being typical Fraser, doesn't it? They bring up these references, and now it's another literary reference that you know about. So that's brilliant. Yeah, no, so so good. So it was what you mean to say, Steve, is that. When you were an A-level student, it was kind of get away from me, George Nora Gershwin. Now as an adult, it's take me in your arms. Yeah. <laughs> Why is it that you feel love? <laughs> oh, we uh, ended up doing it anyway. <laughs> we ended up doing it anyway. We had to. Um, Fraser's doing some sketches. I love Martin's sketches. Um, he's just going crazy here. A lot of big projects. It's very immediate, very early on in this episode that... Our boy is suffering badly. He's just going nuts. And I've been here. I've been in this position where you take on loads of new projects. You're full of motivation for loads of things. And you can't necessarily follow through on them. And I mean, anyone who out there who's got an ounce of kind of creativity or motivation, they will know that feeling. Do you, is this something you've experienced before? Well, before this job, uh, I was unemployed for around, I want to say about nine months um so before my current employment um which i've now been in over 12 years um but yeah that that nine months i uh used to cycle into town quite a lot and go and see people i'd cycle to the park and believe it or not i actually used to cycle to the basketball court in central park in chelmsford and if people were playing basketball i used to say can i play basketball with you literally this my summer days unemployment were spent going and signing on at the job center so i could still get some sort of welfare check as the americans would say you know my my job seekers allowance to keep me going and i would literally cycle back out there and just go and try and play basketball with people and i made some really good friends we used to play basketball like you know i'd go are you free again this time next week they were on their day off i was like i'm free every day trust me i want to plan next week already um i used to go to the pub occasionally and go and play pool and actually just you know just challenge any random person who's playing pool i'll give you a game of pool um, but I did do constructive things as well. I, was I mean, I, I love this. This is this genuinely, <laughs> genuinely amazing. Like I was life experience. I was still a member of an ice hockey team that played in Romford at the time mm. in the UK, and um, I used to go and ice skate quite a lot at the local um, ice rink in Chelmsford. So I used mm. to go and sort of do my own training. Do you know what I mean? I used to think, well, if I can get in there, it's only a couple of quid. It was a day session, a couple of quid for an hour. I take my own skates down there and just practice drills that I'd done just skating around without a stick and without a puck, just trying to get my skating better. Um, and I think one of the best beneficial things I did when I was unemployed was, um, I don't know if anyone actually knows, I think you know that I used to play guitar um, and I still, well, I still do if it ever comes out of the cupboard, but I used to play guitar in bands and things like that. And um, I actually volunteered at the YMCA in Chelmsford where I was living at the time and um, met some really cool young kids that were trying to get into bands. And me and a friend used to volunteer down there and just open up the YMCA in the evening and let the kids come in and just play guitar and make as much racket on drum kits as they wanted to. And actually, a couple of them actually formed bands and actually, I wouldn't say went on to become famous, but they started actually playing gigs on their own. And it was just a way of letting 13 to sort of 19-year-old sort of teenagers get out of their parents' house, get out of their parents' garage where they weren't allowed to make this noise. Just say, mm. come down here because no one's going to care. It's in the middle of town and no one's going to care at all. Come and, you know, use a microphone and use, you know, proper kit and just make a racket. And they loved it. And I didn't get paid for that. It didn't help me get a job volunteering, but it was really nice to go and meet some, like, sort of, some kids were okay and some kids were like middle class. Some of them were really troubled. They didn't have anywhere else to go. And it was, it was actually really fulfilling as a, 
as an unemployed person to actually give some time and some knowledge to someone it, you know i know you do it as a teacher but it but this for me it felt totally different just to actually make mm. use of my time the rest of the time i will admit i sat around and watched fraser sitcoms <laughs> and films at home and and drank plenty because i hadn't had anything else to do but the day that i was allowed to do and do that so our thursday evening i had something to look forward to and i think with fraser he does this he's trying to constructively waste his time and that's what I tried to do. I knew that every day when I got up, I had 12 hours before I went back to bed. What the hell are you going to do when you're unemployed? And I think I probably did turn into Frasier. There was days that I was really miserable. And there was days that I went, I've got to get out of here and just try and fill my day with something so I can go home and actually fall asleep. If not, you just lay awake all night going, God, tomorrow I'm going to do nothing again. So, yeah, bit of a strange tangent, really. But um, no, but really... in short, yes, I have been there. <laughs> no, but that, that's, that's genuinely, genuinely fascinating. And obviously, I, I know you well now. And obviously, listeners will be well aware that we met through this podcast and have become obviously incredibly close friends. But just, yeah, you continue to surprise me with your life experiences. And, you know, you would be, you're very bashful and modest. You would be like, they're not life experiences. They're just times in my life that I was, as you say, constructively wasting time, which I think in quite a quite a poetic way of putting it. Um, <laughs> but I just think that's fascinating and brilliant. And, you know, I don't have any experiences like that to, to, to speak of. And I know I'm younger than you, but that that's irrelevant. You know, I I just, I really, I really love that. And I, I like the, the is... candidness. Hopefully you won't find time to have those experiences. Well, yeah, I appreciate that you've got a long and successful career um, and you won't have a a period of unemployment. And I hope I I wish unemployment on no one because it is funny. I mean, you do you do sort of soul search. I think I I felt the same with just to go back on this and and not try and sell myself to people. I felt a bit the same as Frasier because you do Mm. lose identity when you lose a job. I completely, I was about to say the same thing. Yeah. Because you do feel lost. You get up. Like I said to you, I think before when I'd lost that job that you get up the next morning, you think, what do I do? Yeah. Who am I today? What's my contribution to the grand scheme? I don't have an aim for today. The best thing I can do is make sure I have a wash, get dressed and make my bed. But for Mm. the rest of the day, time is mine. I can do literally pretty much whatever I want, whatever I can afford to do. And and unfortunately, back then, I wasn't in a very financial stable situation. Um, Whereas Fraser, luckily, seems to be in a very financially stable situation. And uh, buying an easel for (laughs) F's sake. (laughs) And a very sturdy lemon zester, which I I don't think they come cheap. (laughs) No, they don't. Not a sturdy one. No, (laughs) no, but no, really, just I love these insights. Um, And, you know, this is probably something that will continue off air um, and certainly kind of in the coming, you know, on Facebook chat when we're always talking <laughs> away, but um, I'm really glad that you can kind of air those things on here as well. Cause I know this is an episode about phrases and employment. You, you've got experiences to bring to bear there and you will not be the only person in this podcast space right now, i.e. listeners too, who's, who's got stories like that to share. So um, yeah, brilliant, brilliant stuff. Uh, Frazier's so unreasonable with the way he is treating Daphne here. He's making her lug books around. He's just telling her to do things like, once again, she is his lackey. Um, she's not even the, the the maid of the house at this point. She's like his personal assistant. Like, these are PA roles. Yeah, kind of where is Leo at this point? I mean, he got the chair, lost the chair, etc. But Daphne has to go and get the really heavy b- box of books, which she doesn't seem to struggle with. That box looks incredibly light, actually, when she brings it through the door, other than her it hair does. is messed up. Yeah. Um, but look at that. I mean, the, the book he wanted all along was right on that shelf. <laughs> she didn't even look very far for it, did he? <laughs> 
<laughs> not another day like last Tuesday, it's Leo. It's, uh, um, but yeah, he did look very far. Uh, Niles arrives in his sports togs. They've got a squash uh, squash date. I've started playing squash uh, as of last week, every Friday nice, with a, nice. a good friend of mine at school. Um, and yeah, he, he smoked me last last week because I haven't played it. I've played it maybe five times in my life. And the last time was well over eight years ago or so. Uh, I was at uni. Uh, right. I was at undergrad. Um, it's it's one of the most physically exertive sports you can play, but it is great fun. It's I just love any racket sport, but it is it's incredibly exertive. Yeah, I've ne- I've never played squash. I've played badminton. I used to love playing badminton. I love badminton. Back in uh, high school, I absolutely addicted to it, and I, I, it was one of the one games that really, really makes you sweat because oh, you're yeah. running from the back of the court to the front of the court. And I imagine squash is very much like that. It's squash; you never stop running. If you're a bad player, you never stop running. <laughs> basically Um, so one day you may stop running a little bit (laughs) i may stand stationary um but yeah uh it is yeah i love badminton because you can smack that thing as hard as you want but it's never gonna go like a tennis ball would if you smacked it that speed like the air just whips that speed up Um, he cancels on Niles when Niles gets there. I mean, what kind of etiquette is that? Well, he was busy cooking his duck, wasn't he, and becoming a gourmet chef and um Yeah, he was designing furniture apparently, which is I'd love to very know unlike does, Fraser. <laughs> does he does he reveal what kind of furniture he's designing? I'd like it to be that little twisted bookcase he has near the fireplace. That takes that. real design and that's quite unique. I can't imagine Fraser's redesigning the chair, the table, or the sofa. It can't be any of those things. So it so beggars what, belief. What is he designing? New, maybe new the bookshelf. Yeah, maybe the bookshelf. Maybe the hat museum needs a new rack. Um, the uh, I've I put here breakfast. Oh, that's it. Because Bulldog got the breakfast slot. Um, Bulldog oh, is picnic, yeah. He is the most popular uh, on ta- on air talent at KCL. Although that like doesn't seem canon because we follow Frasier. That is pretty much what the the kind of the law of KACL is. So I was initially quite surprised, but maybe it isn't so surprising that he got the breakfast slot. Well, it's sports chat as well, isn't it? I think he, yeah. did you say it's a sports thing? He wants to call it, uh, yeah, all sports. Sorry, I've written it. Coffee, bagels, co- bulldog. Co- co- coffee, eggs and bulldog, which That's apparently it. sounds like a Malaysian Happy Meal. <laughs> um, a joke that I don't think would fly at all right now i mean it was no. probably a little bit close in the 90s to be fair probably. um i did research and i can't remember the name of it so sorry about that there was apparently a 90s all sports talk radio at the time um it was something like k something 950 which was like i say all sports in seattle so maybe they did a little bit of research but that did exist people did have all sports um channels mm. in seattle at the time um i mean currently i listen to well i don't listen to it i listen to it as a podcast normally after a baseball game in the evening the next day when i wake up i can actually tune in and listen to blair and barker on sportsnet 590 which is canadian um looking after the blue jays and, and sportsnet so those channels do exist you know all sports all talk and obviously we have is it radio five five live five yeah, live and, yeah and that waffles on you know with football results all day every day doesn't it? you know who's out with an injury what the cricket score is and hmm. 24 hours a day just talk sport but i mean it, it, i've always found talk sport over here to be terrible that that medium wave sort of I, whirring in the background and mumbling is just i awful. hate talk sport i mean talk sport is yeah. owned by the same people that own the sun and stuff and i don't want to get into a political rant yeah. but <laughs> 
Yeah, talk sport. <laughs> five live is fine. Talk sport is drivel. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this. The, I mean, I, I I think this every time I listen to like a, a show on the radio. Like the other day, I just I put Radio Four on. It was like Paul Sinner's pub quiz or something. And I just yeah, there's a deep deep comfort to the radio mm. um, when I've got it on. It's like it's a companion. It feels so different to to podcasting in some way. Although podcasting is obviously it's it's kind of colonial cousin. Um, there, yeah, I don't know. Um, there's, there is a deep comfort to the radio, so I, I, I like the fact that you know this this show is is so radio centric because I think it's amazing that that has survived in the world yeah. we live in. That radio is still going still because it, I don't think it'll be around forever. Um, you know, it's still popular, but I, the younger generations fundamentally are not listening to it. You know, well, that's the same with music, isn't it? You know, now you've got things like Spotify or Apple. I mean, you can listen to music literally at the drop of a hat, can't you? Whereas, yeah, back in <laughs> gonna sound old here, back in my day, I actually used to go and buy singles on CD or cassette, you mm-hmm. know. And if there was luck, if I was lucky enough, a seven inch vinyl that was behind them all, and I used to go into an HMV store and pick up one of those for like $2.99 just to listen to one or two songs over and over again because it was on a tape. One, you know, yeah. the single was on one side, and the B side was on the other. Literally, yeah. um, people wouldn't care for doing that at all now. You know, you could bring that back, but why bother? Because I can get all the added extras, the live version, everything else, for the same price. You know, mm-hmm. and and monthly, and millions of other things on Spotify. You know, it's just becomes pointless, doesn't it? So yeah. I hope radio continues because I think you know, even my generation still wants to listen to. It. I still listen to the radio driving and to and from work every day. Yeah, yeah. And, and I, I do sometimes, especially if I'm driving home late at night, I love the radio on because I just feel yeah. like I'm the only person in the world tuned in. Yeah. Um, and that's Brilliant. a nice feeling. <laughs> um, uh, what's his name? Gill's delivery of unnuanced Babaganush. One of my favorite <laughs> lines from the show. Um, that really is probably top 10 in the show. Uh, after something got a nuance Baba Ganesh, I'm tempted to label your entire Middle Eastern buffet the sorrow and the Peter. Um, <laughs> a, a riff on the sorrow and the pity. Um, just brilliant, just amazing. He he's dressed so jauntily with his kind of pink shirt and his golf jumper tied jauntily around one's neck. Um, you know, but he's not getting his ass kicked. Um, yeah, he's just he's just superb here. And then Kenny's spitting out the the Middle Eastern falafel as well. Well, he, I think he tucks it into his top pocket, doesn't he? He's, he's kind of weird. He sort of spits it out, tucks in, and goes, "Yeah, anyway." <laughs> Which is so <laughs> so quintessentially disgustingly <laughs> Kenny. Um, it's just fantastic. Um, but yeah, this this whole this whole scene is just excellent. And Fraser kind of losing his mind with the pinata, stabbing his phone after BB tells him about how oh, oh, good for Gil. Um, just. <laughs> Some really excellent stuff here. Back at 1901 on the elevator, Martin is singing the song, um, the operetta Browning song. I, and we had the... I love Sorry. that. Sorry, I was going to yeah. say, I love that scene just because of... Uh, was I singing it when Mrs. Walsh got off? That's why Mrs. Walsh got off. <laughs> <laughs> Such a good line. Um, and, and Martin's delivery of uh, you know the fact that he doesn't drink Valentine's anymore. He still drink Valentine's. Not in bottles, baby. <laughs> I mean, that's going to be one of his most popular lines, hasn't it? I see this quoted on online often. It is such good fun, isn't it? Mm, it's so, so good. The The fan club, I'd put a few exclamation marks here because I forgot it was this episode uh, yep. that this takes place in. I just, this this kind of scene took me by surprise. Um, it just, yeah, taking a break from hiding under their bridge, as Niles so def- definitely puts it. 
and Frasier's delivery of I've been a bad celebrity. Um, what are you going to make of this, Aya? What, what does he say? He's, he's knelt down by his bed for the first time since he was a little boy. And, and prayed for guidance. For guidance. <laughs> and uh, I've been a bad celebrity. I need to be better to my fans. I'm a fan club party. I mean, when the three of them turn up, I mean, was it nice? I wish I had a club myself. <laughs> oh, my God. So good. Um but I, I think, did you? I mean, did you and Key feel like that when you first started this podcast? Did you think I were just three listeners, just three? Pretty people much going. This is great. This is great. <laughs> over and over again, listening to the same episodes. I mean, I can remember the first episode or so, just having like eighty downloads in its first week, and just thinking, "Wow, that's awesome!" I mean, ten of them are probably me testing the sound quality, <laughs> um, you know. And now, you know, it, obviously, it's it's much bigger than that. Um, but I think to some extent that is what it felt like. Um, we met some wonderful people last week live on Zoom, we and did. it's safe to say none of them are like uh, George, um, the guy with the camera. Uh, well, Corey does give off that vibe, actually, doesn't he? <laughs> if he's listening, he's going to get very angry. Oh, he will be. <laughs> he will be. I'll get a message about that. And he knows why. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the I love Daphne's delivery in between the scene of her saying how she had something to beat it to death with when yeah. something got stuck in her hair and she has that massive flashlight. Um, which always kills me. That 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 del- delivery always gets me. Um. And then she lets in, she lets in the creepy, the creepy, creepy people. Um, oh, how creepy. I was going to say in. that's her next delivery, isn't it? Oh, how creepy. <laughs> Do come in. Um, I love George. I love, this is great. This is great. I can see why people would think this is gimmicky and annoying, but it, he's, his stare off with Niles absolutely wow. kills me. Niles looks genuinely terrified. And I have got to admit, being around in 1999 of the right age uh you would have got a camera and if you were out with your friends that was how you took a selfie and i tell you it one was. thing nearly all of it was so bleached out because it yeah was just, it was just terrible the flash you can't use a flash camera like that to take a photo of your face you Honestly. just look whiter than lilith <laughs> do you yeah. know what i mean lily white um so white <laughs> almost blue um have you ever wondered what would happen if they held a rally and no one came? <laughs> well, it turns out the fan club have held a rally and George lay in traffic on a psychiatrist uh, sofa. Do you know what that's a reference to? Because I was reading this online. Ooh. Um, a I, trivia. I don't know what that's in reference to. Uh, let me just scroll through. Have a little find out for me because I'm, I'm intrigued. Here we go. Right, so... Where's it gone? Right. When the TV announcer introduces the feature on Frasier Fan Club holding a rally, he says, now on the lighter side, did you ever ask yourself, what if they held a rally and nobody came? This is a reference to an American anti-war slogan from the hippie subculture during the Vietnam War era. In a 1966 article from McCall's magazine by Charlotte E. Keyes, she entitled it, Suppose They Gave a War and No One Came. Mm. That's where it came from. And I thought that was quite interesting. <laughs> that is interesting. Thank you for sharing that because I I, I did not know that. And no, that I wouldn't plenty... have done either. I had to There'll be plenty of people that didn't. <laughs> um, we now enter Fraser's next stage, depression, uh, and he's overeating. The video of him eating the food with baby Alice is classic footage. Uh, it's devastating. No one should ever have to confront themselves looking like that. It's really quite sad. Um, it is bad. It is very but... bad. 
Frazier's kind of weeps now. He's <laughs> um, always kill me. The delivery of somebody get that Monte Cristo in here. <laughs> Have you ever had a Monte Cristo? Because I'll be honest, I didn't really know what they were until I obviously saw this episode many moons ago. It looks and sounds delicious. But was it named after the Count of Monte Cristo? I don't know. One of my favourite books. One of my We've discussed that books. before. We have. I, just, I wondered. You know, was it was it a dish that he made? <laughs> we, I don't. I don't recall him whipping it together in the book. He's got. He's too busy exacting revenge for cuisine. Yeah, but don't um, worry. He's not a real count. He's not a um, real count. No, I mean I've I've not had one, but it, again, like you say, the delivery from that and and even. Um, the one of Niles, you're not famous anymore. Anymore. And as I was watching this, which was only about an hour before we came on air, or just a little bit longer, I turned to the other half and said, uh, he is still famous. She said, what do you mean? She wasn't really paying attention. She was she was looking after the puppies. She said, what do you mean? I said, Niles says, Frasier, you're not famous anymore. I said, he hasn't dropped any fame. He's been out of work for a few months. He's mm. still actually famous. He's yeah, famous he for what he did. His fame doesn't stop because he hasn't got the job. If Brad Pitt stops acting tomorrow, he'll still be famous as Brad Pitt, the actor. Mm. Even when he's dead, he'll still be famous for Brad Pitt, the actor. Yeah. But the way they call that, what he means is you haven't got a job anymore. It's nothing to do with his fame. He will still be who he was. And he will still have the fame of being on the radio for the time he was on the radio. Just seems like a really silly comment to make. I guess the only reason he says something so kind of hyperbolic is because he needs to get a reaction from Frasier. Yeah, and he so wants the, to break him, yeah. Yeah, I guess so, but because it is true. I do always think that. It's like, well, he is famous. Everyone in Seattle that knew who he was will still know who he was. Um, and we'll be thinking, where's he got? Why isn't he on air? Um, but yeah, I, th- I think he just needs to grab him by the by the ghoulies and kind of make him <laughs> make him cry and and he certainly does do that he does he, he, does. he cries like a baby um and, and that's why we need that monte cristo in here which is one of the greatest line deliveries of john mahoney's life uh his scream you know it's my grammy mood used to say ah! <laughs> that scream <laughs> it's just amazing isn't it it's visceral you feel it really it. would that would tip you over the edge, wouldn't it? A Grammy Moon quote is not what you need when you're crying and you feel like you're overweight and the Monte Cristo's just cooked and it's not coming out yet and yet your life fell apart. <laughs> it's just it's just not what you need. Um the the da- Daphne's so out of order with her line about Alice. I've seen that baby and yeah. she could stand to miss a few meals. That's How big is Alice? Absolutely <laughs> insane one. Daphne and, and Ross are friends. Um, it's inexcusable if they weren't friends, but they are friends. That's such an awful thing to say. But surely, I mean, I've always thought this with puppies when we've had dogs and stuff like that. I always think you can't really overfeed a puppy when it's a baby. Do you know what I mean? They'll drink, <laughs> don't do the milk quote, they will drink milk until they're full. They will. Do you know what I mean? And and dogs need milk. <laughs> dogs do um, need milk. But I just don't, yeah, I mean, can you overfeed? I mean, how old is Alice? Six months, four months old? She's not that old. She was only born in the last couple of episodes of the last She needs season. to survive, definitely. Yeah, I mean, come she's on. She's got to grow. <laughs> yes. It's just, I don't know. I just think it's outrageous. It's but a strange comment. Another it strange is. comment. It really is. Um, we we end the episode in Navosa, which is this lovely kind of genuinely touching um, kind of interaction. Can I, can I interrupt and skip back to one of my favourite lines? Oh my God, please, please do. Frasier, uh, uh, sorry. Um, which way, yeah, no, I can't remember which way Rand it is. Either Ross says to Fraser or Fraser says to Ross. 
No, oh no, it's Fra- Fraser Fra- Sender Ross. Yeah. No career, no relationship, and no hope. And she says, You could say that about me. I was talking about <laughs> you. <laughs> so like <laughs> Fraser to so like him to throw someone helping him under yeah. the bus. I just had to go back to that because the, the delivery of him crying saying, I was talking about you. It's so good. <laughs> it's so, so good. Yeah, sorry, carry on. Nivosa. <laughs> back at Nivosa, Fraser and Niles in the cafe. It's genuinely, genuinely touching to have them have this kind of heartfelt you know i did nothing that you wouldn't have done for me and it's nice to see them doing this again um i don't know how much time is supposed to have passed because niles is like fraser you look trim uh implying he's lost weight um, which he has he's not in that big horrible yellow t-shirt big yellow like polo. George kind of thing. yeah it's just it's just awful and it, the the sort of belly they've strapped under it he's not big anywhere else i think they look like they've messed his hair up to make him sort of look like he's untidy yeah and yeah in the next scene he's just kind of trim and he's back in his suit and he looks he looks really healthy again it's it is nice to see him but yeah like you say how much time has elapsed in that i mean a couple of weeks maybe how much weight maybe. did he lose 20 30 pounds in that space of time? Um, it's, it's a staggering amount it's a lot of working out isn't it it is um and then we end with maybe the best use of a title card ever in the show um i can't think of many title cards that are used as a punchline like this but Niall saying, I have a feeling this divorce is going to go very smoothly. <laughs> Denial. Um, just absolutely wonderful, isn't it, as a punchline? Is it the only time that we actually see it twice? Because I think it, they do that at the start. Yeah, they, I think. it so might be. wonder how many times they ever use the same title card at the start and the end. And, and as little Bobby Briscoe pointed out earlier, the symmetry of having a suit and tie on the start and a suit and tie at the end, mm. we're showing his whole sort of career fall apart and then get back on top. I will point out, though, in Nivosa, Frasier orders a non-fat latte and Niles already has a coffee, bringing the total to 182. 182. Nice. Nice to kick things off. Season six. We're back <laughs> on my coffee. Cake. Back on top of it. Back on top. No foam <laughs> latte. No, no fat latte. No fat latte. No foam, no fat, no foam latte. Claims his stomach lining. Claims his stomach lining. <laughs> uh, is this episode in your top 10, Stephen? It's not, uh, but I love it as a season opener. I think it's, it's a really, really good episode. Very good. Opener. Very good season opener. One of the one of the better ones, I think, actually. Is it in yours? It's not in mine, but I completely agree. Um, in fact, I I think I have one or two, possibly just one, um, top ten episode left. And just looking at season six, um, I don't think... Mm, I won't say. I won't say. There could be some surprises there. But I, I think I have, I have one top ten left. I have four left, and one of them is in season six. Oh, I have a feeling I know which one it is. Well, don't ruin it. So sure. I won't. I won't. <laughs> um, I, I, yeah, so I think I've got one left, actually. And as I've said many times, but I'll remind new listeners, perhaps, it is my absolute favourite. It is without doubt my number one. It's will always be my number one. And it's a little bit of a left field pick. I don't think people would pick it if they could have had a chance, there's nothing that suggests why it would be my number one other than for my own kind of personal weird interests. Yeah, see, I, I haven't tried to guess this yet, not on air or off air. And I really need to start. I, I think I'm going to start trying to think about what it's going to be. If you know I... me and you know my weird niche interests, it is possible to work it out. Um, 
I'll and have a think. Yeah, have a think because if anyone, if any listener writes in and correctly guesses it, I'll make a note and I'll announce those who correctly guess it. You've got one guess each, um, and I will try and arrange some sort of gift or prize um, because that would be really good fun. Uh, because I've been I've been talking about this episode coming for a long time, uh, and who knows, it could be in the next few weeks. I it might have to uh, I might have to write it on a letter, post it to you, date yeah. stamped, and you can't open it until the podcast's over to see if I've actually done it. That would be amazing. <laughs> see if I can guess it. I don't know. I, I'm going to have to have a real think about uh, what episodes are coming up. If there's only one, that would be good. Uh, who's gone for actor pick, Steve? Uh... I really like Gil's deliveries of all of his lines. But he's in such a small amount, but I think it's enough to carry it. Oh, you've gone for Gil. I love that. He is brilliant in this, and he does have some fantastic lines. I've gone for Frage. I was going to say, but... <laughs> what? Oh, sorry, have you not... <laughs> no, I, I thought... no, I knew that you were, you were going to say, uh... Gil is great, but... <laughs> yeah, I've gone I've gone for Frage. He's, he's fantastic in this episode, um, and that's no surprise to anyone, I don't think. Uh, Kennedy Burling, our man on the ground, back for season six. He's not gone anywhere. In fact, he's crazier than ever. Has he ever been fired from a job? If so, did he ever divulge what job it was? Did he ever tell you the circumstances of his dismissal? Kennedy is the chairman of the board. He can't be fired. He can't be fired. Has he fired people? Oh, left, right and centre. People just walk in with the wrong coffee. Get out. That's it. He's a cruel, cruel man. Stone cold. Yeah, stone cold, but he gets the job done. That is Kennedy Burling. All that remains is to play Whose Crate Is It Anyway? Your word this week, Stephen, is trim. I think you've already ruined that because I think you'll find you've just mentioned it. Is it I... Niles in Nivosa saying you look very trim, Frasier? <laughs> Bugger. I don't... Let me just double check if he uses the word trim. No, think... no, 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 no. Niles, Niles doesn't use that word niles says um where is it he says uh you've you're slim niles oh. says slim in the well, in that case my guess is incorrect go on it's, tell me what, it's the... it's simply frazier um and he says i've got to remain tight and trim it won't be long before i'm back in the public eye i miss i i i kind of unfairly led you down the garden path there. you did did you um, um did you want to head across to the social media at all? See what people thought about this episode? Yeah, let's do that now, actually, because listener mail understandably is just mischief night, our boy Corey, this week. So do you want to kind of relay some of the some of the stirrings over on the socials? Raz, who's our next caller? Well, I asked today on Facebook, and I've got a few responses. We've got Lindsay Marshall that says she absolutely loves uh Kelsey's scream crying. Somebody get that Monte Cristo in here, is what she's put underneath. So um, good. We have one from Lisa Weeks. I love how it showed Frasier dealing with a host of things that I'm sure make a few of the tapes in his sweater cubby. I love how it opened up, cracking up from the beginning. Most of all, I think I loved how Niles was there for him and helped him. It reinforces what a good brother and psychiatrist Niles is. Excellent. Uh, that, is, that is great. Do you want me to read a, a couple as well? To spare well, I'm gonna list? I'm gonna ask you one because hmm. Edmundo Jackson has said there's a bit of trivia I always noted from this episode. What line in this episode was also a line used by another Kelsey Grammar character? And I said I'd ask you. Because the other character is in one of your other favourite shows. So I think you should know it. 
I I I wonder if Sideshow Bob says I've been a bad celebrity. No, but you're oh. the right right character, wrong line. The line is I have some big shoes to fill was a line also used by Sideshow Bob in The Simpsons. So you of got course. the right character. That was really good to get that right character because I had no idea when I read that. I had to look for that because uh, Edmundo had said to ask ask us and I couldn't That's have answered nice. it. So I knew that you'd know the answer. But yeah, go for it. If There's, there's a few more on Facebook there for you. So Anne Hodges says, this is great. This is great. Season six and seven are my favorites. I love season six, episode one. Unemployed Frasier is a great change of pace. The stages of grief, the browning operetta, the sad, sad fan club, the crying fit at the end, all hilarious. I think I'll have a listen. Oh, no, I think I'll have a nice Monte Cristo whilst I listen. <laughs> and then an emoji of what looks like a Monte Cristo. Um, uh, yeah, you go with Narmarsh. He's put a like how the first scene was in relation to Seinfeld and Frasier taking over the slot. And then he's put, also, when reviewing, have a look around the three-minute mark. When Martin is showing Fraser a new trick he has done with Eddie, the hand of the dog trainer can clearly be seen the right-hand side of the screen. Thank you very much, Mm. Niall. I'll have to go back and have a look at that. That's pretty cool. Uh, David Von Kampen says, Fraser's confidence in his softball ability has dramatically (laughs) increased since season four. Very good. We uh, concur, David. Love the line, well, that's what you get living in a big city. If it's not the horns waking you up, it's someone riding an operator about the Brownings. Also, you can really hear Mahoney's English accent coming through on Operator About. We are definitely nearing, I think it could be this season, the line that I've been talking about since the start, where Martin shouts from down the hall, Daphne, where's my coat or something? And it's just purely in a British accent. Drops um, yeah, Drops and we're, we're going we're gonna to get there soon. I feel like we're close. Very interesting. Uh, Jess Sterling writes in, and she's obviously quoted the same bit, so I'll skip that. I absolutely love Fraser trying to dabble in all the different hobbies. I still go through stages like that where I have all these planned projects and ideas to try, trying to find something that is good fit. I think that this was a very natural response for him to have in his relentlessness, uh, restlessness. Sorry. Also, unemployed Fraser is somehow even more lacking in self-awareness than usual, making him hilarious. And I think Niles' divorce is going to be go very smoothly. <laughs> <laughs> Denial. Uh, Joshua Campbell says, The guy in the fan club, his only lines were, This is great, this is great, while taking the pictures, then his awkward stare down with Niles. Also in the shot, Martin in the background with a look on his face. Also, I'd love if the podcast could find uh, if any information about the song Fraser wrote out about the Brownings. Um, I wonder if they if they if they mean is this song real or do yeah, we know the lyrics? To it? I don't think um, there is any more to it. I think that is literally it's the been only created. snippet we get. Yeah, it's a shame. Like you say, the, the piano part of it's beautiful, isn't it? And and they've made it as a joke. But I wonder if there might be a writing credit somewhere. We might be able to have a look for a writing credit and talk about it in the future but i don't know of anything that's come up anywhere yeah and did likewise you, um, did you want to have a quick look at the instagram we've got a few uh, you you read those out because annoyingly i'm struggling to to access them on my on my page so you go for it let me just come up with that right hold on see all uh the happy blue fox says such a well const- uh, sorry well structured episode deals with the fallout of the series 5 finale which is important uh, we've got Kate Newef or oh, Kate Newf. Uh, Fraser's meltdown at the end is classic. You're not famous anymore. Uh, of course, ZDY Gunners is good grief. I do because I said, do you enjoy this episode? So I presume nice. good grief. I do is the response. Very good. Um, Cassandra Harris Burrell says an all-time favourite. Uh, True Golden Geek says this is peak Fraser Slugger Crane. 
And the dead is <laughs> the dead is dead says, I'm sure we have a good idea what it's all about. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Thanks to Thank everyone you. for writing in. Yes, massive thank you for everyone. And so lovely to just start off season six feeling like we're we're back. We've not missed a beat. Uh, and here we are um back with you. Next time around uh, which might be a couple of weeks from now actually because next week i am in snowdonia on a residential so i won't be recording with uh with either key or steven um not put you in mind of the matterhorn at all will well i wouldn't know i'm not very musical <laughs> not this again <laughs> not this again uh frazier's curse um is next up which is a pretty good episode uh there's some pretty good solid stuff here at the beginning of season six it's so. a very very good episode for Asia's curse yeah looking forward to this um but other than that i've been will and i've been steve and thank you very much for listening to we're listening hey baby i hear the blues are calling tossed salads and scrambled eggs oh my and maybe i seem a bit confused yeah, maybe, but I got you pegs. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. <laughs>